we have been doing this for a long effing time. <laughs> I know. I have so many ideas still. That's the I that's know. The part. I literally the other day I was like, are we gonna do this podcast forever? And I was like, are we gonna be old doing this podcast? I mean, we're already old, let's be honest. We are. But are we gonna care. be like 70 years old? Like fine. Brain podcasting or whatever <laughs> it is that they do then. <laughs> My in-laws were here this week, and so this for some reason this morning we were talking to my daughter about telephones Oh, and how, like, sure. back in the day there was one phone. Sure. And, like, you called a whole house, and then you had to, like, talk to whoever answered the phone. And she's like, that seems like it wouldn't be very help, very useful. Very efficient. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like mm. – it wasn't, but here we are. Remember how jealous you were of the families where the kids had their own phone line? Their own phone line. I know. That was posh. That was some like, that was that ice was maker in the fridge stuff shit. that it was. <laughs> Champagne wishes and caviar dreams. <laughs> I, I would like you to show her like a YouTube video of like the dial. The rotary. The rotary. Because that, I... My grandmother well, – I don't think we had it in our house, but my grandmother did, and that was – God, people, when people had a nine in their number, forget it. Listen, we absolutely did have a rotary phone in our house because what I've been learning is that my Italian immigrant father, like, basically just had whatever technology he came to America with in 1962 <laughs> and just kept it as long sure. until it died. But I will say this also – my parents' house, my mom still lives in the house that my parents, that I grew up in, and that house continues in the kitchen to have an old-fashioned phone with a cord, a corded phone. Nice. A cord that is probably, like, 15 feet long. Like, it's – Oh, yeah. Those, it's really long. And every time I pick up the phone in the kitchen in my mom's house, I hear my father yelling, you're going to rip the phone off the wall. And someone out there, I said this, I told this joke, like I was, I tried to get a laugh out of the crew <laughs> down, downstairs. Look, it's a rough, it's a, it's a tough rough crowd out. here. And literally no one, everyone was like, no, we had cordless phones. Like we didn't, we didn't have that problem. And yeah. I was like, or you didn't have friends with secrets. Like, I don't, I don't understand. So someone out there had a corded phone and a father or a mother who, like, was very concerned that you were going to rip the phone off the wall. Or maybe it was just my father. But I think there's that. There's I remember when I moved to Texas, there was all this, like, pearl clutching in Houston about how they were going to have to add another zip code. Oh. And people were going to have to do 10-digit dialing. Whoa. Stop. Well, also, when I f- – Yes. Long distance – Listen, that doesn't exist anymore. No. I mean, sure. Also, I want a point of order on phone companies. If you work for a phone company, I have a conversation to have with you. <laughs> because here's my thing. Long distance doesn't exist anymore, right? WhatsApp exists and texting exists. And you can do a lot of things internationally. But it costs a damn fortune to call internationally. And it shouldn't anymore. I don't know anything about this mess. But, like, I am pretty sure that it should not cost me, like, $2 a minute to call internationally. And it does. And every time I have to make an international call that's not – I have, like, this, this, like, special plan so I can call my aunt in – my, like, (laughs) aunts and cousins in Italy and England. But besides that, it's a costly excursion, and I don't care for it, and it feels like this is a thing that's kind of a racket. Anyway, (laughs) that's Jen and Sarah on – Phones. On phones. <laughs> On phones. There you go.
Well, who knows where that came from, but here we are. Welcome, everyone, to Faded Mates. We are not a technology podcast, (laughs) as you have probably gathered. I'm all like, what's this microphone thing in front of me? (laughs) But we are a romance novel podcast. I am Sarah McLean. I read romance novels and I write them. And I'm Jennifer Prokop, a romance reader and editor. You know, someone um, on Twitter this week said that they started listening to the podcast and they need a glossary. They're like, what's romance reasons? What's fossils? And we have talked extensively about needing to have a glossary. And now that really did light a fire under me. So did it? Do you feel like that's a thing you're going to do? I think we could help. I think we should crowdsource a glossary. Yes, that's right. We need someone to help us. We're just like, what do we say? You guys, I know some of you are out there listening to us with your headphones in or in the car and you're talking right now. You're like, oh, this needs to be on it. Oh, that needs to be on it. Yes. Less talking, more texting to us. (laughs) Yes. I think we just need, you know what? Hit us up on Instagram at Pod, on Twitter at Mates. Jen has a big idea. I can see it on her face. I was like, maybe we'll make like a Google form and you can fill it out and then we'll just aggregate. Oh, listen, that's We'll aggregate. That's smart thinking. Okay, That's everybody. Why you're in charge. <laughs> we are a technology podcast. I know how Google Forms exists. Google Forms are how all the hot tech companies do everything, Jen. <laughs> um, I don't know. Listen, somebody asked us for a Discord not long ago, and I was like, uh, what is that? What is Discord? I mean, there's global Discord right now. It's a mess out there, but I don't think that's what they were talking not, about. No. My, I've looked at Discord before, and whatever I, I feel the same about Discord as I do about Quartal, which is however that is working, that is not how my brain works. Mm. Listen, uh, my problem with Discord largely is that it's white text on black background, and I won't have it. No. So well, there it and is. And I okay. feel like name is destiny. Like that's where you go to fight. I don't understand. I support you all, but no. We love you, though, and we love hearing from you. And you should definitely tell us about the weird things that we say. And also, welcome new listeners. You'll pick it up. It's like, here's what, here's, it's like learning. It's like when you learn a new language and you're like, okay, I took six years of Spanish in middle and high school. I can totally go to Barcelona and like (laughs) rock it out. And the reality is, is that when you get there, you're like, what is Hola. <laughs> what are words? Yeah. yeah. How do you say literally any word? But then you spend six months there and boom. So give us six weeks. We'll give you the world. Okay. Since this is like a little bantery, I'm going to tell you something else really funny that happened this morning. Adriana sent me something. She was like, you should listen to this. And she just like did a little like screen recording of a podcast called On Being. And I had to text her back and I was like, why is this man talking so fast? And then I realized she must listen to it sped up. And I said to her, I said, Adriana, I don't actually think it's right for you to listen to a podcast called On Being at High Speed. <laughs> I just feel in my heart that that's wrong. There, I said it. The sheer number of mindfulness books that are in my chaotic office. Yeah. yeah. You're like, like just- listen. Under on piles being, of garbage. <laughs> I, I, I want you all to give yourself permission to listen to Krista Tippett's lovely voice at regular speed. Someone out there is listening to us real fast. I under- and I oh, can't yeah. Even. And we sound like absolute chipmunks. It's okay. Chipmunk speed. Sure. Anyway, we love you if you're listening to us fast. We love you if you listen to us slow. We love you at no all speeds. What. All speeds. 
Um, Sarah, this week we are doing one of my all-time Listen, favorite. I don't know how we got three and a half years without doing this. This is like a pure romance, like, <sighs> it's like speed. Yeah, I was going to say it's opium. <laughs> it's just yes. like, oh my gosh. <laughs> it is the waking up married trope. Waking up married. Which I think, by the way, is far superior than fake dating. That's I'm going to say. Well, wait. We, <laughs> so you're jumping right in. I'm sorry. I'm, here's well, it's thing. 10 minutes in. We've talked okay. about phones and on being. Here we go. Everybody. We're ready. <laughs> we probably didn't, though. Eric was probably like, no. Delete. Clip. <laughs> Clip. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. But here's the thing. So our last okay. interstitial was fake dating. Yes. And during it, we talked a lot about, like, what works and what doesn't and how the conflict has to work, et cetera. And then I realized when I was doing the hard-hitting research for this interstitial <laughs> yes, that waking up married often becomes fake dating. Yes. And I'm super for it in this I, scenario because the conflict is so clear. Yes, exactly. We exactly. are and legally I was thinking bound. about that too. Yes. And oh, how lucky that we are actually legally bound because I actually need a fake date for whatever the thing is. Well, a wife or husband or spouse in this case. Mm -hmm. So I was also noticing a couple things because, all right, so we've talked about our process here before. Sometimes when we do these interstitials, I don't necessarily have a lot of books in mind, and I'm reading for the interstitial. And that is always a really interesting experience because then I feel like I'm really keyed into, like, what works or what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that I noticed about fake dating, which is always apparently waking up in Vegas, uh, I've overlapping got circles. Okay. Yes, it's ca- – Category. I mean, like, where else are you going to wake up? So here is – so I was, like, really kind of keying into the things that I think make this this trope really work. Yep. Okay. So here is my number one non-negotiable. They have to wake up married by the – in the first or second chapter. Almost no yes. – right? This is not a – like, I started one where they – No. Yeah. Where she was, like, getting on the plane to head to Vegas. And I was like, nope. Mm -mm." No, it's really interesting. This is a really specific trope. Yes. So this is not, I should qualify, we are not talking about Vegas weddings. No. That is a different episode. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Right. Everyone out there is like, um, no, we're just not. We're not. That's a different thing. We're talking about. Oops, we have woken up yes. married. Okay, so that so it has, has to ha- happen fast. It has to happen fast. So this also, for writers out there, this breaks the rule of <laughs> don't start a book with someone waking up. Because <laughs> yes. in actual fact, I want that very much in these books. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, yes. I mean, I read one where she wakes up at the beginning of chapter two. There's like a little bit. And I was like, that was fine. It worked for me. Um, but that's it. That was like waking up at chapter two was chapter the soonest. Chapter two is the, is the, the latest is the you can latest wake up married. possible yes. wake up you can have. <laughs> yes. Okay. Okay. I hate to say it because these are books where a lot of drinking is involved. It has to be. I mean, yeah. how else are you going to wake up married? Right. And it has to be that 
one of the people okay, presents as very not drunk because otherwise the other person has taken advantage of them. So that's a real fine line you got to walk to. No, I mean, listen. <laughs> I mean, here's the other thing. You really do have to throw out all – I mean, you have to th- you have to suspend every ounce of disbelief. Okay. These books are 100% romance reasons, right? I mean, you just, you have to, but wait, can I just say, wait, can we, I'm going to start naming books because if we don't, we're going to end up just like rattling them off. Sure. Okay. Okay. So here, I'm going to tell you though, aside from alcohol, I will accept some kind of drug (laughs) because as you know, from last week's episode or from last interstitial, (laughs) I have been mainlining these Odette Stone hockey books. Hello. (laughs) It's week three of me talking about these books, you guys. Listen, it's the best feeling. Odette Stone, if you're out there, you can send me a fruit basket. (laughs) Here we are. She's like, I did in the form of my books. What do you want from me? Listen, I don't need a fruit basket. I'm perfectly fine reading about your, you know, Canadian mobsters. But the, okay, the fourth book in the hockey series is called High Risk Rookie. Sure. And the agent for the other three hockey players, who's like very, like a super badass, very put together, you know, woman agent, um, who is trying really hard to make the like fortune list of best sports agents. Obviously. Has been tasked by a hockey owner, a hockey team owner, to go off and find this rookie, this like 22-year-old who is a superstar, a wunderkind, the greatest hockey player who has ever hockey played. I'm sorry, you say wunderkind and I think of Nate. It's fine. <laughs> the, the wunderkind. It's like wunderkind. He's like, that's not what I said. Okay, sorry. Just a little anyway, inter- little interlude. No, he's like the Jamie Tart of... Got it. No, he's Sam, Sam Obasanya, but not as sweet. He's Jamie. He's more Jamie Tart than Sam. Okay. Anyway, point is young, very skilled. Surfing for some reason in Mexico? Doesn't matter. Who cares? She goes down there to find him. She, like, susses him out. She finds him. And his friends accidentally roofie them. Sure. (laughs) As one does. There are shots going around, and there are two shots that land in front of them, and they both take them, and oops, they've been roofied. And the friends instantly are – it's actually very charming because the friends instantly are like, oh, no – you need to be babysat tonight because you have been roofied, both of you. And they're like, and she's furious because, of course, she would be. No. And then they go back to the hotel room, and later it turns out that she's, like, terrified the friends into leaving. because She's just, like, she's so mean and terrible. Like, she's such a, like, hard ass. Amazing. And so they're like, she was terrifying, so we left you. And then it turns out that they did, like, bone all night long and got married in Mexico. I love it. So that was like three pages. I've heard oh, yeah. about these Odette Stone Page books. You're fine. 12. <laughs> Page 12. <laughs> um, but yes, okay. you have to be under the influence. You have yeah. to be. You have to be. You have to be. Unless it's magic or something. No, it's under the influence. When even that is magic is under the influence. Okay, here's the third thing I think is really common in these books. And I don't, and I'll be interested to hear if all of yours were this way. So obviously, now most the most of the ones I read were um, a man and a woman, and in those, what almost always ends up happening is what happens in like 
Lick by Kylie Scott, which is the dude is way more into it than she is. And she wakes up the next morning and is like, what the fuck, no. And he is the one who's like a little sad and disappointed that he has not been, you know, he's really into it and she's not. She's yep. not that into you. Yes. And that was I true also- of the three of them that I read, actually. So four, four of them. That's interesting. I got to think about that because okay. I because I definitely agree that that's that's a and whole it, thing. Yeah. I also really like this is this is second. This is sort of attached to the inebriation thing too. Yes. Where one remembers, one the remembers, other and one or doesn't. one has information and the other doesn't. Yes. And then I think I think that's super fun. Yes. Even though you shouldn't keep you know big secrets about your wedding from your spouse. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Obviously, that's true. Okay, so uh, what? Uh, anything else you want to break down about this here trope before we talk about some oh, more yeah, suggestions? Oh, yeah. I actually think that these can be bucketed. I think this is one of the best tropes for a celebrity romance. Yes, fact. I was going to say that too. And I've I'm, got a couple. So obviously Lick has a, has a rock star in it. Yes. Um, we did a Kylie Scott interstitial look at Link's uh, show note links. Uh, and you can go listen to that for more information there. Um, Susan Elizabeth Phillips's What I Did for Love. Yes. Is childhood. I mean, we all know I deeply adore childhood friends to enemies to lovers, which is exactly what this is. Childhood mm-hmm. TV star. Like they were they were young. They were kid TV stars together on the same show. And then they became enemies. And now they are uh, accidentally married in Vegas. Um Sabrina Page, who I don't even know if she's writing anymore, but like back in 2020, like 2014, when, yeah. you know, it was the indie romance just flat out boom and it was stepbrother romance boom. Oh, yeah. She wrote a book called Prince Albert about <laughs> her mom was marrying the king of, I think, England. And her. <laughs> And she accidentally Vegas married the prince, like the most famous prince in the world, who is now about to be her stepbrother. I mean, I don't hate it. <laughs> um, Amazing. So I think there's celebrity romance. Yes. Then I and I and then I think there's stranger romance. Yes. And I, yes, I agree. Or mm, I also have a sec- like a second chance. Well, that's what I. Oh, oh, second chance. Interesting. Maybe, yeah, that's sort of, I, I bucketed it as celebrities, fake, uh, no, celebrities, strangers, friends to lovers, boss assistant is a big oh, one. Oh, yeah. Because here's what I think is happening. I think that in romance, and I don't know, tell me that I'm having, I'm I'm formulating this idea as we talk, so. The best here's where I'm at. ideas. These books are so totally trope. Yes. I mean, steeped in the trope, and you have to suspend all disbelief, and you have to allow for, like, they were super drunk and, you know, definitely boned all over the hotel room. Like, there are these, like, things that in other books we would have major problems with but are bedrock to the success of this trope. Yes. And I think that what that allows for is us throwing out a lot of the, ooh, boss assistant is pretty squicky. Right. You know, like, here in these books we can – Allow it because, I mean, it's such a fantasy. I mean, this is such a nonsense 
premise. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, it happened. What what were you going to do about it? Exactly. So here I'm thinking about like Andy J. Christopher's not that kind of guy is the he, the heroine is this like high powered, very skilled attorney. The um, hero is younger and also has just completed an internship in her law firm and he's no longer her intern and they've oh they've sort of like been attracted to each other but haven't you know would never have mm-hmm. and then she needs a date to her brother's wedding and boom drunken night in Vegas right and so you know I was also gonna say another common kind of thing is that they're there for someone else's wedding right right and right, exactly right. So that same thing, and then that is just in the ether. Or bachelorette parties, bachelor sure, parties, something like in fact, that. Right. I think Andy's is like bachelor. It's like a bachelorette party and or a you know pre wedding yeah. pre wedding pre game and. Um, but I have a good one for that. Chelsea Cameron wrote one called "Didn't Stay in Vegas." <laughs> Perfect. Um, i.e. what happened in it, didn't stay yes. in it. And they are, um, this is two women who, she, talk about starting with a with a bang. She wakes up and she's like, why is there glitter on my vulva? <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, God. I think the first line of the, the first line of this book is like, there was glitter on my junk or something. Like. <laughs> Perfect. Amazing. And she's like, I don't understand what's happening. Like, she's hung over in a yeah. hotel room. And um, they are there for – she wakes up with her best friend. Ooh. And they are there for the wedding or for the bachelorette party of another, a mutual friend. And so, like – and then, again, it's the same exact thing. They both woke up, wake up hungover. There's also what I love in these books. I love the moment, the twilight moment between yes. – Wake up and discovery where the author's job in that moment is to show you what is normal. Yes. Right? Like, this is the person on day, like, purely distilled, right? Like, and so as they would ordinarily wake up hungover. So it's like they wake up. She's like, why is there glitter all over me? Her best (laughs) friend is like, oh, my God, we got to get food. Like, I'm, I, if I don't eat something, like, they're just, yeah. they're having, like, a best friend moment. And then there's a knock at the door, and it's room service sending up a complimentary breakfast for the newlyweds. Amazing. And so they're like, score, this is somebody else's breakfast, but we're going to eat the shit out of it because we're so hungover. <laughs> and then, like, boom, there's the marriage certificate. Yeah. And then, like. Nightmare scenario. Uh, oh, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> this episode of Faded Mates is sponsored by Christy Caldwell, author of For Love of the Duke, the first in the Heart of a Duke series. Okay, this has one of my all-time favorite tropes. Jasper, the eighth Duke of Bainbridge, is a brooding widower. Okay, I love a lot about this, but I just want to say, like, justice for Jaspers, there should be more of them. Okay, fair. <laughs> Justice for Jasper. Um, Jasper, of course, has, you know, hidden himself away to brood and be sad, but he is coaxed out of his misery by a fateful meeting with Lady Catherine Adamson. 
Catherine is like exactly the historical romance heroine that I want in my life because this is from the cover copy, you guys. After her father's passing, Catherine has learned the unreliability of men. Girl, same. And is determined to depend on no one except herself until she meets Jasper. And so basically, she's like trying to avoid a terrible match set up by her terrible family. And she finds Jasper and she's like, name is Destiny. You're awesome. (laughs) Why don't we just, you know, have a marriage of convenience? So for everyone out there who is always begging us for more marriage of convenience books, here it is. This is a great series. It's tied together by something really cool, which is a necklace that reappears time after time. Um, And you will want to burn through all of these. Uh, This is a great historical romance series. You can find Christie's book in print, in ebook, and in audiobook. And if you're using a smart podcasting app, you can click the link on the app right now, which will take you directly to a place where you can buy the book. Otherwise, you can find information on this book in show notes. Thank you to Christy Caldwell for sponsoring this week's episode of Faded Mates. Because this is so tropey, I was like, I'm going to go to some of my go-to authors who really know how to, like, mine these tropes. Yeah, so I yeah, went, yeah. Right? I went to Piper Rain, who, remember, we had on, because they have one called My Vegas Groom. And Nikki is on, like, a girl's trip, a like, weekend with her best friend. And she wakes up, like, like right, wakes up, and this is great. She thinks she's in the hotel room with her best friend, and, like, she hears her friend in the shower, but she's like, I really have to pee. We've been friends forever. I'm just going to go in there and pee. So she is literally on the toilet peeing, and she calls out to what, who she thinks is her friend in the shower, we should get breakfast, and it's this man's voice. He's like, <laughs> sounds like a good idea. And yes. she's like... And he comes out and she says, who are you? And he's like, your husband, of course. Oh, my God. And she doesn't remember. She does not remember, but he does. And it's awesome. I mean, this would obviously be fully terrifying if this were real life, but no, I love it. I'm for it. You're right. And and then she's all embarrassed, right, that she's on the toilet. And he says, you know, you, you puked all night long. This is actually not that big of a deal. So it's like that extra layer of mortification. Mm-hmm. It turns out that he is a famous MMA fighter. Perfect. Celebrity. A celebrity. She has to go back. His name's Logan Stone. She has to go back. She goes, she just flees. <laughs> like he's like, I have to go have a meeting with my agent. I'll be back, of course, right? So she flees back to Alaska, which is where she's from. All those books were set in Alaska. This is the Green series, right? And um he follows her and he's, you know, basically what he he's and this part's really interesting and I really liked. He's famous. The press has gotten wind of it. His mom calls him. And he and his mother, who she was a single mom, have this thing where it's like, follow your gut. And yeah. his gut is telling him that this girl this is, is something special. Real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he goes up to Alaska and essentially convinces her to give him three months because he's going to train up in her town for his next big fight. Mm -hmm. And in return, he's going to help her fund her, you know, she has like a podcast she wants to start or whatever. Exactly, romance reasons. Um, But it's it's terrific. And it's really funny because she has her baggage, right? She's a child of divorce. Mm -hmm. She actually caught her own dad cheating, like saw him doing it, had to tell her mom about it when she was a teenager. And he's kind of afraid that everybody's after him for his money. So it's this like perfect 
But I was like, so, like, so tropey. Yeah. It knows exactly what the job is at the yeah. beginning, right? Well, I mean, and the other piece of it, going back to Andy's book, Not That Kind of Guy, um, is the this one really does have, it has um, the capacity, this trope has a capacity to have so many tropes layered into it, right? right? So Andy's goes, you know, uh, you know, it's Vegas wedding, fake relationship, um, boss, you know, assistant, right. um, unrequited love. Because, of course, he's been in love with her from the second that he – the second he saw her all of those, course. you know, months ago. But, like, obviously nothing could happen. And so – and I really love that, too, which is, you know, part of what you're talking about where one is mm-hmm. super gone all of this, yeah. all at the start. And he's – in this book, he's super gone from the start. Um, and then when you also didn't stay in Vegas, Chelsea Cameron's book, which I already talked about, the other charming thing about that book is, um, like, basically they're they're best friends. And so they get back from Vegas or wherever they are. They, they get back from Vegas and they're supposed to have – they're supposed to just handle it. But then it's, well, but, you know, we get it's – t- it's tax season <laughs> – <laughs> and like, yeah, we could be married, right? Like we could, like we could, we could get the tax right off if we stay married, like through the end of the year, right? And then, um, you know, also like it would be really great if we could, if we could, you know, if I could get health care. So there's sort of like a, it's yep. like a a a whisper of green card marriage <laughs> in here. Sure. Like, um, it's not a green, I'm like it's not at all that. But you know what I mean? Like where it's like let's. Let's get all the benefits that we can possibly get out of it. And, of course, the reason why the character who suggests all of these benefits suggests them all is because she's had the hots for her friend forever. Right. Right. And, and obviously, the friend is just – she's a big dummy and can't see yeah. it. Sure. I love Adorable. it. Adorable. <sighs> these two dummies just fall in love. I love it. Well, okay, so I think the other thing that's worth talking about is a lot of the good ones I have found here are in category romance. Mm-hmm. Now, I will admit, I'm just going to name drop it because I didn't get a chance to read it. Reese Ryan has one called Waking Up Married, A Friends to Lovers Romance. I think it's pretty It's pretty new. Um. Pardon, pardon me, but did you notice that when you Google Waking Up Married, there are like 14 books called Waking Up Married? People are not dumb. They understand I, the job. I mean, yeah. Bless, <laughs> right? bless category romance and your delightful titles. <laughs> yes, I mean, because right? it was it's great. It's like, just tell me what it is. This is one tell of those tropes me. that I, I'm going looking for it and I don't, I mean, I don't want to hunt. There are some people in the world, silly, silly people who don't, who are also looking not to read it, but I am always yeah. looking to All read it. All of my favorite ones in this have the words Vegas, yeah. waking up, some right? Sure. Some sure. combination it be, of those, and I bet right? Ve- and and honest to God, uh, Vegas better be in the catalog co- in the cover copy. Yeah, for sure, right? So I haven't read it, but there, I, I believe. Wait, I can believe- I just? In Reese Ryan, so I'm sure it's great, and it's got a great cover. <laughs> I just searched on Goodreads because I wanted, I wanted to underscore this. There are, it's waking up married, waking up married, waking up married, waking up married to a kingpin, waking sure. up married, waking up married in Vegas, waking sure. marriage in name only, waking up married. <laughs> I like that, especially. It's the second one. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. 
I love it too. The waking up married situation, which seems appropriate. That would be a situation. (laughs) I actually think a perfect category romance is called The Captain's Vegas Vows by Caro Carson. I believe I have name-checked this book before. I don't know that I've really necessarily gone into it. I'm sorry if you're going to have to all hear it again. This is waking up married with a stranger. And what happens is um, his his name's Tom Cross. He's a captain in the Army. Her name is Helen Palace. And she wakes up and married and has zero memory of what happened, right? None. And she is so freaked out that she is like, I'm just going to get the fuck out of here. And she gets in her car and literally drives away. And you're kind of like, how is this going to work? You know, running away, but, you know, whatever. It turns out that they are both in the Army and they're both stationed at Fort Hood. So they're both heading towards Texas. And when they get there, and I admire this, there's a lot of really complex and kind of complicated setup after, like, the waking up part that kind of keeps them in the corralled together. Um, Well, yeah, because— sure. That's important, right? Like yes. There is, ha- if you're waking up married on page one, yes. which is what we said we want, yes, that is many pages to fill. Yeah. And how are you going to keep them together? There has to mm-hmm. be a compelling reason. And if it's not fake dating, then it has to be that, like, the place you're going isn't going to let you get divorced. And in this case, the state of Texas and or the Army, unclear, I don't really quite remember, says that they cannot get divorced Fossils. for 90 days. <laughs> Right, fossils. And here's the other thing, though, that's so awesome. Because they're married and they're both at Fort Hood, they have to live together. Hello. Right, because they have special housing, of course. They have special, uh, you know, army base housing or whatever. I only know that from Jack Reacher. Anyway, they end up living in the same house. And the thing that is also, that's like really great about this book is he is, he. so he is so into her and he remembers everything and he is devastated that she does not remember. And oh, right, I like is devastated that she does not remember. And she is kind of like, what on earth? Like, how do you, it's all internal conflict. Right, because she cannot figure out what why he's into her or anything. And the thing also, it's like super hot. Like at one point, he like literally like lifts her up to eat her out. That's great. Okay, here's the other thing I will say about this. Wait, tell me again what this book is. <laughs> the Captain's Vegas Vows oh, by yeah, Carol Carson. This. I'm not sure I've read it. You've recommended it's so good. before. Yeah. You know, I think here's the other thing that I think is really interesting. When you do the one of them doesn't remember, the temptation, I think, for many people is to have that person gradually remember, right? So I think this book does a lot of really – I'm not going to give it away. This book does a lot of really interesting things with, like, what is Helen going to remember or not. And it's terrific. It's a perfect category. It's a perfect romance. It's great. I love it. Yeah, it's really, really good. So I think um, if we're going to talk about strangers – Yes. Then we got to – this is where we have to – pause and do like just the the Christina yes. Lauren interstitial the of Christina Laura yes <laughs> let's pause and talk about the wild seasons is that the name of that series yes yeah 
Um, so there are two. The first in the series, Sweet Filthy Boy, is the one that everybody talks about when they talk about wake up mar- waking up married. And that's the one where um, the heroine has just graduated college and she is um, – her her dad is basically insisting that she return home to, I don't know, wherever she's from. I think Boston. Sure. Um, and uh, go to middle uh, – go to middle school. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> no. Go to go to um, business school and like get on the on the straight and narrow and follow all the rules and become a superstar business person. Um, except she meets this French guy named Ansel and he's hot. <laughs> and sure. they they wake up married and um and then he's like, why don't you just come to France with me for the summer? And she's like, okay, right. And it's really delightful because, first of all, it's super hot. Well, sure. This I mean, whole, this whole series is like on fire. It's super. It hot. probably arrives in your mailbox with like a, you know, a fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and um, and it's also, but of course, because it's it's Christina and Lauren, there is this real sense of like Mia discovering her, Mia's the name of the heroine. She discovers herself over the course of this month and she discovers like who she is outside of the straight and narrow path. Like who she is Mm -hmm. when she allows herself to do something absolutely wild. Right. Yeah. And so she takes herself to, or she lets Ansel take herself to Paris and they, spend a bunch of time like and he had he of course like is is um he's gone back to Paris to work he's going to be a lawyer mm-hmm. um and she's kind of like roaming around the city and like learning about herself at the same time and then it but then they get home and and they like are falling for each other and it's this really beautiful like slow hot burn <laughs> <laughs> you know, like there's, they're definitely banging the whole time, but there's, but there's this just sort of like, l- like slow tumble into love for them. And it is perfect. Um, I have read, I really loved the red one that is called Dirty Rowdy Thing. In the which, red one. I'm sorry. Like my brain it's is fine. Like Let's dumb place. Um, I had to look it up because I, of course, didn't remember Finn and Harlow essentially get married in Vegas, have, like, 10 hours of, like, the greatest sex of their lives. He's, like, a fisherman. She goes to see him. I think that's where they actually do it. And then she's kind of like, I'm not sure this is going to work. And the beginning of the book is her actually kind of, like, running through this as a memory. Like, it doesn't really happen on page. Mm -hmm. They have essentially already annulled this marriage or, like, put an end to it. And then the beginning of the book is that Finn is, like, showing up in her town, and all of a sudden she's like, I thought we had, you know, literally put this to bed. Because oh, yeah, after they immediately yes they do the thing every everybody else in these books promises to do they right which is immediately right and but she has this like great night of sex with him and then um you know it's kind of like maybe I can't remember what she says like basically like you know I have to go to the airport and he like calls her a cab she's like okay then I guess we're done so he shows up at the beginning of this and then you're kind of like wait why are these two reconnecting this of this series is my favorite this one the the red one this episode of Fate of Mates is sponsored by Better Help 
online therapy. Relationships take a lot of work, Sarah. (gasps) They sure do. We know that. We do. And you know what? At this time, it's so hard to take care of yourself, but BetterHelp is going to be the thing that helps you do that. Look, I'm very, I'm public on the podcast about believe, like, I think everybody should go to therapy, but like 2022 is the year where I am trying to like really get myself in order. And so it really does feel like online therapy, which is, you know, private, you don't have to leave your house if you don't want to, you don't have to tell anybody where you're going. You can just say like, I have a Zoom call and I got to do this thing. So online therapy that offers video, phone, live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist at BetterHelp in under 48 hours. So give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. Our show this week is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Faded Mates listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash fadedmates. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash fadedmates. Thanks to BetterHelp for sponsoring the episode. So my favorite of the series is the blue one. So look okay. at this. You should just read the whole series. Obviously. Start with the yellow one, then do red, and <laughs> then blue, and then green. And that's the order that they were written in. Um, and my favorite is Dark Wild Night, um, which is, surprisingly for everyone, gird yourselves, it's Friends to Lovers, which you wouldn't expect would be my favorite of a series, but it there is. Um, so these two are um, – it, she she's a graphic novelist and he owns a comic book store and they are friends like they they like each other mm-hmm. and they got married in same thing drunken marriage yeah and what I love about this one is that afterward they are both they're both like obviously this is terrible obviously we need to stop this obviously this is the worst thing that we could have possibly done except like in their heads they're both, they're both like. like Mm, but maybe, maybe I like this, right? Mm-hmm. And also in classic CeeLo form, um, this is a heroine who just is so complicated and nuanced and she's mm-hmm. an introvert and she um, and she just really struggles to believe. I love a heroine who like has a tough time believing that someone as great as the hero would be into them. Yeah, and, me too. And, they just nail this particular, very focused kind of heroine so well in this book. And I think it's really beautiful. And it is my favorite of the series. I don't know that I've read the blue or the green one. The green one is called Wicked. It's called Wicked Sexy Liar. That's a good title. But that, I, Well, they're all great titles, these sure. titles. Um, hmm. Dirty, rowdy thing. I mean, that's the red one. I've been really underselling it by calling it the red one. All right, Sarah. So, yeah, that whole series. And I would like to say I respect the I'm going to make a series where this is the trope. I love that. I love that, too. Because I think you have to really think about how are the different ways you carry this off. And that's the thing, right? There are so many different ways to do this. My other one that I read is called Between a Honeymoon and a Hot Mess by Phyllis Bourne. Now, I feel like Phyllis Bourne to me is one of those people who delivers like a really funny romance every time. And there, I think she was mostly in category, 
Um, I believe that, like, infamously, like, the category romance interstitial that went away with Andy, I might have talked about a Phyllis Bourne book. But this one, (laughs) listen, this one's great. So, again, I I really like – this is where she wakes up married at the beginning of Chapter 2. But here's the deal. She's in town for her sister is getting married. She's with her best friend. And – she, right before she literally left for the airport, walked in on her fiancé in his office fucking somebody else. So she is like, I can't ruin my sister's wedding by telling everybody about this, but I'm about to cancel my own wedding, right? So she is, like, in this vulnerable place where she's really, like, I'm not happy. I'm all these things I wanted out of my life I thought were going to happen, and they didn't. And she runs into, like, the love of her life in the bar, this guy named Julian. And Julian broke her heart because she caught him cheating. I mean, so this is like, there's like so much baggage, right? Yeah. And she's, and she's like, cannot hold her liquor at all. And she's known this for years, but she's had a couple glasses of champagne. She's drinking something at the bar, kind of not paying attention. She literally wakes up in chapter two with him, his head between her legs. They have been (gasps) fucking all night long. And she, it's so great. And so she is like, I am literally, wait, what's happening? Like, like the panic in her, like the whole entire thing. And it turns out he lives in Vegas and he essentially remembers the night before and she doesn't. And what he remembers is that she was really, you know, she was going to do all these things with her life and she hasn't done any of them. And he feels this guilt because he realizes the thing that went wrong is like when he she caught him cheating. So he's like a life coach and he's like, you know, you were gonna right. I love it. She's like, you were going to take some time off anyway for the, you know, so why don't you stay here with me and figure out what you really want to do with your life? But it is great. And the great thing about it too is she goes back to the hotel. She's like, I no, none of this is happening. You'll hear from my lawyer. I'm leaving. And her ex-fiance has shown up at the hotel, right? He's flown in from Nashville. And <laughs> basically, Julian walks in and is like, who are you? They have a fight. He, like, punches him in the face. I mean, it's, like, <laughs> all of the amazing, like, drama you would want from this setup. Oh, it's so good. I laughed I out it. loud so many times just from, like, from the jump with this one. So if you, like... This is, like, not an angsty one, right? It's, like, really, really funny. And Phyllis Bourne just always delivers that for me. I love it. Yeah, it was great. Okay, so we've talked about exclusively contemporary romances during this episode. Because it's really hard to pull this off outside of contemporary. Yeah, Um, right. It's real hard to pull this off in historicals because there are rules around how you can get married. Yes. Right? Like, you need, it's not, you can't just wake up married unless you're in Scotland. (laughs) And thank God for Scotland. Look, historical writers everywhere, the world over, are grateful for Scotland because if you need somebody to have a quickie marriage, it can happen. Um, And I want to talk about Jennifer McQuiston's What Happens in Scotland, which was her debut historical. And truly, like, I am very jealous of the fact that (laughs) this is her debut because it's – I think it's really, like, a technically perfect romance. It is a 24-hour period. And it begins with these two waking up in an inn 
in Scotland with wedding rings on their fingers. Oh, I love – listen. And neither yes. of them can remember <laughs> what on earth has happened. She, Georgette, the heroine, is like, no way. And she pieces out. She's like, that. I'm not – no, we're not – no. And he – thinks that she's, for romance reasons, he thinks she's a thief, but, like, for for romance reasons, um, Jamie heads off after her. Of course, his name is James McKenzie. Of course. Um, and what they have to do is basically track, they're, they're, but they're, they're sort of stuck together because they have to put together what's happened over right. the course of the last 24 hours. So there is this, like, wild cast of characters from this Scottish town who all remember, like, bits and pieces of it. Um, <laughs> later, it. when I talked to Jenny about this book, she told me that it's it's it was inspired by The Hangover, right? Like, yeah. that you wake up and then you have to go back in time. Like, Piece it all oh, together, to right? reverse your work, your, your night, in order to understand, like, what on earth has happened. So that is what – that is the structure of this book. It is so structurally beautiful because it had to have taken her a ton of work to, like, craft it so that it all feels so seamlessly, you know, hangover-y. Um, for the record, you guys, uh, writers out there, The Hangover was recommended to me by my editor – as a movie that you should watch whenever you're plotting a book because huh. it's yeah. and and I will say I've now seen it, you know, half a dozen times and every time I watch it I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it's so clever." Like all the little pieces stitching together. So whether or not you like that kind of comedy, it's worth a it's worth a watch, but um this book does the book piece of it really really yeah. well. And um so that is what happens in Scotland. It is the only Historical, I could think of. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really hard. I think there's a lot of marriage and marriage. Yeah, there's like a lot of eloping or sure. like kidnapping to the border, but like that's right. not the same as woke up married. Right, right. Well, and I think that's because one of the things I think works so well in a contemporary about woke up married is that there's an escape hatch that they can mm. walk away. That has to be part of it, right? Because then you have to really see them deciding to stay together for whatever mm. reason over, you know, whatever the next amount of time is. And I mm. think that's the thing. If that is impossible, like, for example, I would imagine there are not romance class books that are woke up married because you can't get divorced in the Philippines, right? So it's yeah. it's like you have to have that that potential for one of them to walk away in order for the stakes of it to be as high as it is. So, yeah, it makes sense to me. You can't do it in a historical that often. Yeah. Look, I think we've really done the, we've done the business today. It's true. Do you have any other ones? That's it for you. Um, Let me think. I also have – here's just like a fun one that I really – I really love um, – I love Lauren Blakely's Big Rock series mm-hmm. a whole lot. Um, These are, again, they're older. They're from – I don't know – the mid 2010s 2015 yeah. maybe this is i don't know i can't remember but they're they're older in in some sense um and this is another this is boss secretary end up in vegas like drink yeah. too much she's bummed and you know they end up really really doing the business <laughs> all over a casino and then they get married and the next morning 
you know, obviously they should break up. Right. But uh, he's like, I'm super into you. Like, maybe we could just bang it out of our system before we break up. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> sex deal, right? Waking yeah, up married just plus sex deal. to get deal. it out of your system. Yes. <laughs> just, yes. just for a while until we get cool. it out of our system. And then, boom. Well, and that's the thing that's really funny to me is I – like I've read the I read the the Captain's Vegas Bows I read a couple of years ago, and it's like really stuck with me. So I do think like this is a trope that is unusual enough, right? I mean, it's you have to really come up with a really good reason why both of them are willing to stick it out to keep the engine going, right? I mean, and that's mm. the thing. It's all like it's all potential energy, right? Like they wake up and that's what happens. And then you're like, how are we going to get it through the rest of this? You know, you're like, it starts at the top of the roller coaster, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the thing that when it works really well, they are super, super memorable reads for me. Like I have- Because they're fun. Yes. I mean, this is one of those situations where like, if this, if these books have to be fun. Yes, Because they require it. They require you to suspend disbelief from page one. Mm -hmm. And if you are suspending disbelief, you have got to keep it there. Yes. For, you know, the whole book. And it is done well. This is a really tremendously fun trope. Yeah, I agree. And if you are out there thinking about doing fake dating, consider waking up married as an option. I enjoy it quite a lot. Well, we, I think we I think we're good. This is Faded Mates. I'm Sarah McLean. Uh, I'm here with my friend Jennifer Prokop. You c- can find us online at fadedmates.net. You can find us on Twitter at fadedmates, on Instagram at fadedmatespod. Um, head over to the fadedmates.net homepage for a Google Doc to tell us all about glossary terms that we should include in our Fade Mates glossary. I also am working on new gear for Magnificent Firebirds out there, so stay tuned on that. And um, thanks, as always, to our sponsors. Um, please check show notes and support them. 